My name is Jack Oway. And I'm Jay Oway. And we welcome you back to another episode of Like Dragon, Like Sun. The father-son podcast talking D&D stuff. Um, and this is our second week uh, venturing deep into the Feywild. Uh, if you didn't hear our conversations last week, we were sort of going over, you know, stuff that already pre-existed in the D&D world from like previous editions and, mm-hmm. you know, what the lore behind the gloaming court and the summer court was all about uh in anticipation for the big drop of wild beyond the witch light yeah which is an adventure and i haven't read into the adventure details because i don't want to spoil it maybe i'll be a player in at some point Mm. but there are a number of things that came out with it that we will go over without creating the story yeah, yeah any spoilers um and uh and then on top of that there was a wizards of the coast uh co-release that was only put out on the dm's guild Mm. uh, called the domains of delight and regular listeners out there will know what a crazy ravenloft fan i am and how it was a big big deal when van richten's came out this year with domains of dread and sort of built all that out and how excited i was and now i'm actually just as excited really um, that they've applied the same sort of uh, story structure to the Feywild. Yeah. Um, and I, I almost makes me wonder a little bit, again, I haven't read the whole story, if maybe even uh, that the the old Witchlight Carnival might be a sort of domain of delight. So, uh, Well, I don't know. I we mean... won't speculate too much on, on what's going on there uh, and whether or not the uh, Mr. Light and Mr. Witch are Archfey that control it, but hey... Let's talk a little bit about, uh, first of all, I think the, the, the races. Sure, there's, those are the big ticket items for sure. Yeah, because we, we had seen previewees things on this um, through the Unearthed Arcana, and now we kind of know what it's really all about. Yeah, we, we do. Um, again, lots of little teasers and hints from the D&D Beyond team, but now we have all the fun stuff to go with it like extra characteristics like your wings can look like bird wings or you can have like insect legs or maybe you just have a little mist that glitters around you um, whatever it might be very faint small touches if you want to add a little something to your character's look overall in your mind um, just some fun fey touches there but in terms of what the bread and butter is is there first they're flying of course um, which is 30 feet so not as fast as the Maricocra, but you are a bit smaller. Um, good thing to know, you're small, but you don't have 25 walking speed. You still have that 30, And this, nice. And by the way, if you've purchased the content on D&D Beyond, you can get to these things from the races page without having to delve into mm. uh, the adventure and spoil anything in there. Yeah. Um, you gain fairy magic, which is sort of the fun quirk that put, sets you apart from Aarakocra and in my opinion makes you maybe even a bit better than Aarakocra because instead of those um, that you know extra 20 foot of flying you gain druid craft 
Um, at third level, you can cast Fairy Fire, and at fifth level, you can cast Enlarge or Reduce to make yourself that proper tiny fairy that you may have in mind. Sure. And of all the, the fun little uh, cantrips, Druidcraft has grown to become easily the most powerful. Yeah, the most them. fey powerful. I mean, powerful in the sense more of role so than, playing. More so than prejudicitation and sure, thaumaturgy. Sure, you can do all sorts of things with it. And the nicest part is you can choose which stat. It's not perhaps wisdom or charisma automatically, as someone would assume, but you can choose whether this is your intelligence, wisdom, or charisma, um, which is very nice. Yeah, that is very nice. Um, kind of a new thing, I think, with the trend after Tasha's is that you can see there being more flexible with what players can use for whatever things that they inherit from their race which i i'm a fan of yeah um, i mean it just makes it just makes yeah. for easy character building um i think the one thing i mean it's a it's a double-edged sword because the the people out there who really loved you know the challenge of optimizing a really great character build um you know now that's you know a lot of those sort of like the, the real crunchy parts of of that of the game have kind of been you know softened a bit but those who really are into the you know making fun role play characters i think dnd is definitely you know moved towards that more made it i think maybe easier to make a fun character now yeah without being too worried about over like whether you're under optimized or, or not, yeah exactly that you know it's most characters are fair they can do you can you know do as much as anybody else at the table and that's really what we want to see at the table anyways we don't really want to see anybody like seriously overpowered or underpowered yeah exactly um everybody should be in a range of some sort sure and it's power levels are of course i mean and, and in some ways objective in some ways subjective sure. but and and again you know i think there's a there's a cuteness about playing a pixie character or maybe exactly. not so cute you could make it an ugly pixie or a tough pixie or pixie barbarian well there's even like it. there's there's traits like you have got like insect legs and things so you can be pretty freaky like yeah. scary if you wanted like about the whole thing but or humorous or you know you could make it funny like a you know like a a mean talking cockroach or something you know sure, like, yeah um you know there's there's elements to it that you know could be like hilarious a type thing you yeah know? yeah jiminy cricket um, that's much more like leaping with the wings helping with the yeah. leaps rather than uh that. and they're small and there's a yeah i think you can just have fun with it in a lot of totally. different ways and i think that's really as i've been reading through all this stuff what i'm getting the impression from you know the the D D team from jeremy crawford and chris perkins and others who've written on this is that they really are trying to emphasize that the fae the Fae is a kind of a fun, loving place, a bit mm. chaotic, mischievous. Yeah. Um, for those of you last week who heard us talking about the two courts, they sort of, they've got a, they've actually made it canon now that those courts often have spies who are spying on each other. I mean, but that's if, the way it would be. But if they yeah. get caught, they're like humiliated in some sort of non-lethal sort of way. Mm, and I'm cursed with a fake Exactly. Curse, and know? I sort of thought, okay, that's really clear sort of, you know, guidelines for how they want this you know see the storytelling going in the fey wild mm. um and i think that's great i think those are the sort of hooks that dms uh you know can grab onto and and build a, a really amazing fey wild with yeah. and you can put rabbits in it and now you can also put rabbits in it with the herringan um which immediately make me think of many alice in wonderland type yeah they're i mean i do. think it's very much the idea like we need to have a you know, a, a marsh hare or a yeah. white rabbit or whatever. But you get some fun stuff with it. Um, 
you know, you can be medium or small, which is sort of a nice thing um, that you get as a thing of your choice. Of course, still that 30-foot walking speed. Um, you can add your proficiency bonus to initiative rolls, which out the gate is just like, oh, it's a nice little bump. Um, make you go a little bit faster in combat. Who doesn't like that? Um, but then you think about rogue with reliable talent, and what this really means is that you can essentially guarantee that you have a minimum 17 at higher levels on all your... And that's not even including decks. Like, with a maxed-out dex, theoretically, going into calculations mode, you could get, like, 22 initiative guaranteed minimum, which is sort of ridiculous. Now who's optimizing their character? But still, just something to keep in mind is that Absolutely. rogues benefit from this, especially um, proficiency in perception for free is excellent. I'd say I'd say maybe the best Although proficiency. The, the illustration uh, is that the, the Haragon, the rabbit folk, is uh, carrying a, a halberd, so... Maybe ranger? <laughs> maybe a fighter maybe a fighter um, but you're right i think they would make great well actually i mean a bump to initiative is good for everybody who True. doesn't like going early in a fight exactly uh and even if maybe you're not very roguish this lucky footwork treat um feature um gives you an extra little d4 as your reaction whenever you fail a deck save which is you know marginal and it does take up a reaction um wow. but yeah. hey that can be the difference between a full hit fireball and a not so full hit fireball sure. you know um yeah and then finally your little rabbit hop feature which gives you a bit more mobility where you can as a bonus action jump up to five times your proficiency bonus so this does scale too starting at a simple 10 foot hop but growing up to a massive 30 foot hop with your bonus action uh, which could be directly upwards as well which is unparalleled in the worlds of jumping with D&D um at those high levels um you do need to have some seeds. You can't be grappled or restrained um, to hop out. What's, sorry, what was the total jump? Is this a standing jump? Uh, as a bonus or running action, jump? This is standing jump. Okay, standing jump but of this how is, much? This is, this is not like it replaces anything. This is just you jump a number of feet equal to five times your proficiency bonus. That's crazy. Sproing? The question of this, this count as a part of your movement, I'd argue no because it's your bonus action to do this. It's like saying if your bonus action lets you move 15 feet, it doesn't take away from your normal 15 feet of movement. You know? Yeah, yeah. You're just bouncing. No, but it's, I'm just saying that, that or you know, a, a standing, standing jump for a lot of characters is like, you know, a, a sort of average strength is like three feet. Mm. So. Yeah, being that you can spring, you know, 30 feet up is very rabbit-like. Um, That's crazy. Fun. Uh, as a bonus action too, so you could run in. And actually, and this, as a, this, this, as this a, doesn't as provoke a, opportunity attacks, as a thief, which is very cool. You know, this adds to second story work really well. Absolutely, you know, the just idea going up there and climb, you, ding, ding, ding. you know, jumping up onto walls or rooftops, sure. climbing around on things. You are definitely a good burglar. Absolutely, um, definitely a lot of fun stuff to look for in this race. I'd say quite cool. Yeah. Um, in terms of some of the personality traits, they do play more into the campaign itself, um, and so I'd be. A little bit careful of you know what you reveal and don't reveal and um, backgrounds are uh, there's a couple of good backgrounds that have come up on this as well one that obviously is very sort of dedicated to the circus sort of uh, mm. specifically although I think I mean you could take it and make it a another circus or another it doesn't have to be the witchlight carnival they could the background could be connected to any sort of traveling carnival definitely um, and uh, what was the other background? Uh, I, I think it was Fae Lost. Oh, uh, yeah. Fae Lost is good. Which is the cool one, in my opinion. I quite like the Fae Lost one. Um, 
I think it, this one's more applicable to any campaign setting, really. So yeah, um, Faye Lost says, where? You grew up in the Faye Wild after disappearing from your home plane as a child, which is kind of fun, right? Mm. Very, And it even says, perhaps you were spirited away. Um, we mentioned Spirited Away, the movie, um, last uh, last week. By a kindly fae who thought you were destined for great things. Perhaps you stumbled through a fae crossing by chance during a twilight stroll in the woods. Perhaps yeah. an Alice in Wonderland reference there. Kind of. Um, perhaps you were kidnapped by an evil fae but escaped from their clutches. Whatever the manner of your um, manner of your disappearance, you gradually fell under the Feywild spell and learned a little bit about the nature of the mercurial tricksters that dwell there. Um, you did come... Uh, you did not come back unchanged. Um, so in terms of skills, you get deception and survival, quite, you know, a mix of nature and learning yeah. to tr navigate the well, funny fey yeah, wilds. Er er everybody's got to be able to, to lie well. Mm. In the, you know. the musical instrument is quite a, sort of a... Pick up a musical thing. instrument. Uh, you gain elvish gnomish, so confirmation that gnomish is fey. Yeah. Uh, goblin, also interesting there, or sylvan, which is the one I'd probably pick most yeah. times. And I think sylvan is sort of like our deep... Uh, mm. Fey, like so, Fey connects through the Fey Wild can connect throughout to the outer yeah. planes, and that's probably where we we get the Sylvan stuff from. Exactly, you gain a mid, uh, magical instrument, uh, magical instrument, musical instrument as a part of your equipment for free as well. Uh, so bards, perhaps rejoice here. Um, although you probably already get one, so just add to that collection. A set of traveler's clothes, which is the average thing, and three trinkets from the Feywild. You get to roll on the Feywild um, trinket table, and there's some fun stuff on that, too. Yeah. I mean, Feywild trinkets, if I quickly have a look here, just give me a number between 1 and 100. Uh, 73. 73. 73. And this isn't just like a spectrum. There is literally 100 items listed on there, this list. It's not like, yeah, it's not like a 1, through, one to 2, 3 to yeah. 4, cheap out. There's 100 of these things. Um, nunchaku size for a pixie or sprite. Yeah, so you got little like pixie sized nunchuck. Other ones are like, and that's a trinket. But I guess it could also be a weapon, right? Yeah, possibly. The DM there. Paper wasp nest in a jar. Candlestick whose candlelight looks like a tiny dancing fairy made of fire. Gosh, there's some good ones in here. I have to say, I I really love the writing. I think where they've gone with stuff in here is. I think that could be such a good wizard. Imagine that your spell book is just fairy tales. That's fun. And that you just like read lines from it as you cast spells, like that are very all sort of charming lines from the stories that involve some sort of magics that you employ. You oh, um that's a good idea. You I also found steal that. You can steal that too. You also found uh there's a couple of monsters in here that True. Before like. we get there, what what does this background actually give us in terms of a feature could be cool because I think it gives you quite oh, yeah, a few right. things. Sorry. It can leave you with a fun mark that, you know, say that, you know, flowers bloom in your presence or wilt in your presence, perhaps if you're a more gloaming court type of person. Um you have like a a tail, not prehensile, but um things grow out of your hair, you have long whiskers, perhaps that uh, you have maybe a bit of bulbous eyes and frog-like skin, um, or you smell of honey. Perhaps these are all fun fae things yeah. um, that you could have. Um, also, and you could do very human visitor. with this or a custom lineage, Absolutely. or you could do yeah. something that makes you human but not really or human. Or fearbolg even. I could see a fearbolg sure. with this background and that you, works very well. Would you you could take that race and then you could also uh, like more feify it sure. if you wanted. Or make now the fearbolg well. story more of a human that was very fae touched, you know, yeah. and suddenly now can actually speak with animals and is maybe a bit giant touched as well in some ways, you know. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, we, we were discussing before the show whether or not giants are fae, and we think they yeah. might be kind of fae adjacent sometimes. I mean, your lineage could be you were born from giants, but kidnapped by a mischievous fae <laughs> as a curse who then raised you as his own, and you never quite giant, never quite fae, somewhere in between. I don't know, just ideas if you want to take any of these. But your Feywild visitor can come to you, um, perhaps while you're sound asleep or in deep trance during Yeah, so you rest. get like a Jiminy Cricket type uh, yeah. spectral friend. Uh, no or harm. not spectral, but like they, they're they a fae creature hmm. that, that are basically a, I don't know what you call them, like a, a spirit, a dream guide. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they come to your dream dreams. The Especially if you're like a circle of dreams druid. Sort of the and they, they can be like an animal that wouldn't normally talk. Like you'd have like a fox that comes up to you that just like. Speaks with you yeah, or like a little cricket perhaps. Um, yeah. uh, they can occur with a visitor that contain any number of things from messages to insights to nonsense and red herrings at the DM's discretion. <laughs> this comes and tells you dirty jokes. Yeah. They're always conducting a language you understand, even if that visitor wouldn't be able to normally speak that language. Fun little detail. Uh, it could be anything from, like you mentioned, uh, awakened creatures, such as a plant or beast, um, or a centaur, dryad, fairy dragon, which I quite like, a pixie, satyr, sprite, or unicorn. Um, all of those are very fey and fun, uh, if you want to add those. I mean, a, literally a unicorn celestial, but we ignore that. Um yeah, well, there's there's a few things throughout the D and D world that, like we were saying about giants, and in this case, unicorns, um, that you have to ask yourself a little bit. Um, hey, does this sound like it would work in a fey wild centric uh, campaign setting? Mm. And the cloud giants, like, I mean, come on, a castle in a cloud that very much fits into the whole fantasy fairy tale sort of vibe. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that word fairy tale is exactly what we're talking about here. Things that are of the fairy nature of the fae. Mm. Um, this is fairyland stuff. And the, and the word fairy tale makes you think that are these these are the fairies the storytellers of this realm? You know that there is. I mean, a, a, the tale of fairies. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It, it's about yarns and. Uh, I think there's a lot of, of it's a power and stories somehow with all this, a know? lot of that connected to this, this, uh, especially the domains of delight, mm. like the power that words hold in the fey realm seem, you know, binding in funny ways that, you know, your name is so much more valuable perhaps, you know, and your name is just for the sake of organization for clarification in the, in the mortal realm, but your name is everything in the fey world. It's you could bargain it away for a favor, you know? Um, practically or if it gets cursed you could trick somebody into taking your name and with that taking your curse taking your curse and that curses can be put on names and uh, it's it's quite inspiring for whimsical little tales perhaps I think yeah I mean it's I think this is just it as as DMs I can't help but like just read through all this and go oh this this stuff writes itself Mm -hmm. like the adventures in here um, as a lazy DM are just really easy to come up with like you know uh, week by week, uh, episodically, just tale, coming yeah. up with fairy tale stuff yeah. is, or perhaps that this you are just telling a, a set of fairy tales, which include the party, you know, and they're all very storybook in nature. Yeah, that... well, and yeah, you can just rob straight from sure. Mother Goose and Grimm's fairies and tales. Or and yeah, like, like whatnot, every session, just... you it's like, like it's like this really this greater story of some humble old gnome wizard, like looking back at all the stories he's written or found over the years and pondering over if they were ever tr- ever true and so you start every session with the old man sits down and flips to the next page which sipping it's a little bit of like candle which also sort of you know, almost you could connect it to candle keep 
Well, you're well. very much welcome. So Candlekeep would have a candy. section of the the library that's like called fairy tales. Fairy tales. And every book in there connects you to a domain of delight that sure. you're like sucked into. That's fun. Um, there's a wonderful. And this is what I love about D and D. Like over the last year, the number of things that they've put out that we can layer together, be it Candlekeep, Van Richten's, uh, and now you know domain of delight type ideas that you're like, okay, all of this stuff all of this stuff works super well for creating just worlds mm. that go on and on. And like as a DM running campaigns, like you don't, you're not going to run out of, you're not going to run out of material. This yeah. is amazing how much stuff we've got now. Uh, it's, I mean, they can really slow down. I mean, there's more material to play now than a, we have time left in our lives to play it. Pretty much. It's the exciting part. It makes me want to run more games. I want to run little one shots of whim with whimsical language and all these funny little stories that aren't necessarily so kill, brutal, death, ugh, you know, the world is ending. Like, yeah, no, yeah. Or it's just another Tuesday, you know? Yeah, yeah. Another schmooze day in, in the toadstool village. Well, it's, it's kind of funny because like, I, I ran a Christmas one for our family last I remember year, that. which... You know, now thinking back, was actually very, very fae and very fairy tale esque in its uh, telling of the Groundhog Day type repeating of the day, and mm -hmm. it was the halfling goddess and uh, sort of things involved. But um, yeah, I think I think the you know this could lend itself very well to making a, another fun, mm -hmm. you know, fae Christmas uh, story as True. well. One more feature you get, because you get two features. Oh, my God. That's the um, best background ever. You get the Feywild connection, which means that um, your mannerisms and knowledge of Fey customs are recognized by natives of the Feywild who see you as one of their own. Because of this, the friendly Fey creatures are inclined to come to your aid if you are lost or in need of help in the Feywild. Yeah, that's helpful. Boom. Instant story hook right there if someone takes that. Beautiful images there as well. Such an inspirational photo for a wizard right there with all the keys and the book. That's my fairy tale wizard right there. All right. So we have time creatures. to get on to doing everything we want to do here. Very quickly, we touch on a monster and a weapon. And actually, there's a couple creatures. A couple creatures. That we want to talk about. First, I mean, can we quickly address how fun it is to have two new beasts with the giant dragonfly and the dragon, uh, giant snail that yeah. you can turn into as a druid now. Yeah, they're both um, gorgeous and um, fun. The, the giant snail is uh, objectively snail, a terrible wild shape, but giant, still very Giant hilarious. snail is, yeah, not if you, you're like, okay, everybody pile on to me. Well, I'll, I'll carry you there. And suddenly your movement speeds down to right. 10 feet. Yeah, even with climbing 10 feet, you're not going anywhere if you're a giant snail. If you go over salt, you begin to take damage. Your AC is awful. Your hit points are not great. Um, you, this is honestly probably the biggest waste of your wild shape I can think of. But is it funny? Yes. I would recommend when you hit 8th level, you look towards the dragon, uh, giant dragonfly, which has a 60-foot movement speed, can has a, f a form of evasion practically, um, and looks like a lot of fun. But I, I would I, let a druid who turns into like a giant snail be really good at like blocking a door. Sure. You're a great block for a door. <laughs> I mean, any large creature is. No? And But the fact that it's also got this sort of suction-y sort of base to it, yeah. I would say it would be like really hard to hard push to them. Hard to move you. you got to just cut through the hit points, which is not hard to do. But if they're on the other side of the door trying to open it or like knock it's it down tough. and you're yeah. leaning against it, I'd say that druid wild shape is like immovable. Yeah. That's fun. Um, in terms of some of the more intelligent creatures... Um, we see a return of a lot just redefined here. Um, like previously, um, Boggle, Bullywugs, Darklings, 
um, Corrids, Quicklings, and Red Caps have all existed, but they're just sort of reintroduced here as all the fun Fae that you might yeah. want to have. In and your and world. sometimes actually a little bit more fun because Red Caps, often in the past, were really just designed to kill be, and be yeah, horrible. Exactly. But now they're a little um, more fun. Um, I'm very happy that Bullywugs are now in the Fae yeah, category. I, think uh, I don't think they're classified as Fae. I think they're still humanoids, but um, I love Bullywugs. They're yeah. always, they've always felt so Fae to me. You know? Yeah, they, they fit in the world. Very I mean, wind of the willows But again, somehow. we're putting talking frogs and rabbits, and you're right. All we need now is some badger folk and some... Uh, and you've got wind of the willows? Rat folk and... You know, why not? Poot poot. You know, uh, yeah, some weasels. Away we go. Yeah, why not? Have a little river stream adventure, you know? Nothing Simply like nothing better than mucking about in boats. Exactly. Uh, the Campestris are a fun little addition to mushrooms. But my favorite of our new little tiny whimsical fae friends are the Briganox, which I believe are new. They're like um, little mice-type creatures. They're like little mice with big ears and big noses. And fuzzy mustaches. Um, and, and big fuzzy hairy. Um, but they're so cute in the, the lore that's been given with them. Um, they're frantic mouse-sized creatures that live in mines, and whenever a mortal creature makes a non-magical wish, um, perhaps such as on a birthday, uh, or when tossing a coin down a well, an echo of that wish becomes lodged in a stone buried deep in the earth of the Feywild. Which is just such a cute little thing, you know, that there's little mines filled with wishes um, and hopes and dreams that these Briganox seek out, um, discarding the ones filled with ill intent and keeping those that hold good wishes. They refine these into gems and use them to decorate their crafts or trade them to other fae for goods and favors. Perhaps, like, you know, an errant wish spell could be lodged deep within here, and I don't know if you want to go that powerful, but it's quite fun. Um, they can, a more powerful fae creature can use the stone to scry on the maker of the wish, which is perhaps how your adventure begins is that your PC goes, oh, I wish that my, my life was more interesting. Bloom, flicks and the, then as a DM, you, do, you yeah. drop this little story of this thing being mined out, turned into a gem, and then this gem being picked up at a, at a, at a sale by some sort of intermediary bullywog, who then takes it on to the summer court where it's picked up by uh, an arch fay mm. who then you know it's like oh, who's bored or looking for some you know holds it up and, and looks through it and can see and hear your little wish and that sort of speaks to something deep in their heart and uh or maybe they're in speaks to the something in the little black corner of their heart i don't mm, know yes to reach out uh, and offer you a jaunt through the fey wild and well we're an and we're going to talk about that in a second uh we're going to talk about how you build an arch fey in their mm. domain of delight we're going to roll one up but finishing with the briganock i have to mention the um you know the the one, the Jabra walk in a minute, in a minute. but the, these Briganox have little souls that float yeah. outside their bodies. I like that um, a lot. And light their way through their little like underground. In, the, in their underground tunnels. Their little souls you know, floating can, beside you like a lantern. They can use a little torch. It's so cute. Um, they gain some spells and some timey-wimey stuff as well, which is, you know, take what there's, you will. There's but a fair bit of timey-wiminess stuff in the Feywild. It is. It is quite a timey-wimey place. But they get a minor illusion, a spare the dying, uh, animal friendship, fairy fire, meld into stone, and silence. And they can time-lapse too. Um, which essentially allows them to accomplish one hour of work in a matter of seconds. Um, this only affects the Briganok um, and things being worn or carried by the Briganok. Um, and it must take place within a 10-foot cube, which is quite cute. It could rapidly carve a pumpkin, cook and eat dinner, move a pile of stones, or tie a, a dozen knots in the length of rope, which is sort of funny. Like, quickly do some handiwork. Um, and that's all. It's not a combat thing or a runaway. It's just a let me do something handy for a second, which is quite a cute thing to have a Briganok 
alongside you would be a mighty companion as you're starting off in the Feywild. And I, I, so a part of me sees the Feywild as a very low-level adventure somehow that we don't need to go into our insane 15th level, 16th level unless we're dealing with grand th you know, threats and that we're dealing with the day-to-day, -day, perhaps, yeah. of these people um, in these mini-stories of where maybe we're fourth level, fifth level, you know, third level, um, I could see. Yeah. It's quite cute. Lots of options here. Yeah, definitely. I definitely, uh, yeah, be fun even, you know, level two to three and just, you know, just a small adventure. Yeah. Know, uh, stuff that is more storytelling, stuff that isn't, you know, always about killing the biggest, baddest, scariest thing. Or Although perhaps the Jabberwock is a perfect opportunity for a adventure okay, like how, that. What's the CR value on the Jabberwock? It's a 13. Okay, so my CR, my third level party is dead. dead. Yes, indeed. Um, but perhaps a more high level party could well, take something like I that. Although I would it's say that story. from my experience now, a table of five good players uh, uh, probably level seven or eight could easily take out a CR 13 creature. Sure, sure. I mean, that's up for you to experiment with. Um, but there's lots of fun things. I'd recommend giving how the party... Hit, how many hit points the, has it got? Uh, it's got 115. Nah, nothing. They carved through that. But it time. can climb, fly, and swim. It's got quite a high AC and not just spoil legendary too much actions? about it. Um, it's, it can take three per yeah. round. It'll bounce um, it out against a party of five. It's not bad. It gets all sorts of fun things that it can hit the party with, and it's got quite the nasty aura. I won't give too much away if you're going to fight against it as to prevent metagaming. Um, but my favorite, favorite, favorite thing... We can tell them about the vulnerability. ...about the lore um, is the vulnerability to slashing from a Vorpal Sword, which is a reference to the Lewis Carroll, is his yeah, name, yeah. Um, poem. Yeah, the Jabberwock. The Jabberwock, um, which Jabberwock. involves a Vorpal Sword cutting off the creature's head. Yeah. Um, um, Snickersnack. His you, Vorpal Blade went Snickersnack, and with his head, he went galumphing back. Yeah. Uh, and there's actually, it's a reference for that as well. There's a new sentient Vorpal Sword in the magic items list yep. um, of this book as well, called Snickersnack, as a part of that little poem. If um, if you want to do that, it's like a little one-shot where the party retrieves Snickersnack and yeah. then goes to... Slay the Absolutely. Jabberwock. And, and I, I maybe even make it a little bit, like I said, like 8th level party versus a CR 13 creature. Yeah, make it a tough fight. Maybe and make it, it, make it sort of a, I don't know if you guys are going to live sort of and make one it, If they do die, it's this, we zoom out now to a, a quickling at a tavern bar stool recounting this tale to his uh, many bug, bullywug friends who look in horror, you know, <laughs> um, at the expression of, um, of this tale, you know, and yeah. it could be a haunting tale perhaps. Um, depending on how it goes. And just learning to not be so, you know, this is all in my characters, everything, you know, it's just, it's yeah. a tale. It's another adventure, you know. There, are, It can be a little less serious or gritty or uh, in ways. Yeah. It, I, I think, you know, we, we could definitely look at a lot more one-shot type ideas with the Feywild. It's, it's fun that way. Mm. Uh, is there something else you wanted to talk about? A from, little bit about making an arch? Maybe not so much the witch light, but from this, this extra... Um, supplement they put out mm. uh, uh the domains of delight uh which follows if you were with us when we uh we created a domain of dread earlier this year when van richten's guide came out um it pretty much is the same sort of idea we uh for that one we came up with a do you remember we had our our dark lord was a casino boss mm. uh and his domain of dread was this like perpetual casino 
Yeah, check out that episode. That was Talk a little bit about it. That was a good one. Um, um, we could maybe perhaps make an archfey. So um, yeah, roll a roll a d8 for me. Oh, oh gotta get some dice. Uh, here, some right here. We're a D and D podcast, folks. We actually do uh, have yeah. uh, D and D supplies. Stand by. We're surrounded by all sorts of things. I have in my hand right now a one kilogram uh, bag of dice. Oh, that's a D twenty. Perhaps a D eight. I'm sorry. <laughs> so used to pulling the D twenty first as the most important. It is the most important, but not when you're rolling on random. All right, tables. here we go. D eight. D eight. I've gotten a five. So the arch phase presentation. Uh, so Arch Fae have one thing in common. They're all Fae. Beyond that, the features vary wildly. So to determine what they look like, uh, they are fluid. Your Arch Fae change body type or transform from one creature into another. So the shapeshifters of sorts. Yeah. Um, or if we were drawing a little bit from, uh, maybe even from Alice mm. in Wonderland, the Cheshire Cat. I always think is he's very fluid, right? Because mm. he, it is not so much that he changes into different creatures, but he goes from visible to partly visible to invisible. Like he's, you can just see his like stripes, or you can just see his eyes and his teeth, just see his tail wagging. Yeah. Um, and I, I always, I, I, I'd like maybe, and I'm just, this is again, I haven't pre-planned this, but let's. You know, since that was the first thing that came to my mind, let's go with the Cheshire Cat as our base for our, now. As our you base know, our idea base for our Fay, sure. Arch Fay. So this is the this is the some sort of Cheshire Cat domain. Sure. All right. So personality. Um, if you haven't already settled on personality, let's roll this. So we already know he's a little bit mischievous, right? Um, mm. But let's let's roll the dice and see if we add something else to that. Okay. Uh, what, I mean, is this still a D8? A D8, yeah. An eight. Which is wild. Wild. Uh, the Archfey has a demeanor of a wild animal. That kind of makes sense. I if think, we're going with the animal. Yeah, I think that there's something about the Cheshire Cat, while mischievous and stuff, there is like, the thing about a wild animal is that even like, like if you, you know, train a tiger, there's always that chance. At some point, the tiger's mm. just like, oh, forget it. I'm just going to bite you. Yeah. I think maybe the Cheshire Cat's got a point like that as well where... Don't get too close. He bites. Yeah. Perhaps it has a, a wild side that it keeps quite shut off, you know, and that it seems all entranting and whatever, and then you get too close, much like a cat would, and you get claws. Uh, and then they, they have obsessions. Obsessions. Um, I they're love common this. amongst archfey. Uh, an archfey might obsess over a perceived injustice or work tirelessly, and work tirelessly to correct it, uh, or they might obsess over their collection of acorns. Who knows? All right, let's give this a, a D8 and let's see what the obsession is. I've rolled another eight. Oh, well, <laughs> their obsession here is stories. A story obsession. Oh, perfect. Which is kind of what we perfect. were sort of in love with today anyways. So Lovely. the Archfey wants nothing more than to listen to stories told by creatures from faraway places. They love to gather lore so they can build their own internal world of imagination or transform their domain with ideas from other worlds and maybe this is part of the fluid nature of this arch phase okay, is okay. the domain is a bit fluid as well and perhaps the domain is often shaped by the stories you tell uh, which could be an interesting one for exploring if people wanted to explore characters that had you know tragic backstories 
then perhaps this domain could reflect that. The, a little bit yeah, more, the right? domain could be a reflection of the stories you bring to it. Uh, you know, a reflection of the stories of your characters' backstories of things that their internal struggles they're struggling with. Mm. It can become a manifestation of that. That's wow. That's like some deep psychology stuff right there. I like that. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Um, internal threats made real by your Cheshire cat. Kind of fantasy island that way. Mm. The plane, the plane. Well, and then they have signature magic. What's their signature magic? Signature magic. magic. Another D8 for me. One. Uh, Roll again. Antlers aren't going to work. Could do something else. Six. Six. Uh, Scrying eye. A scrying eye. Oh, for uh, a person who loves lore, perhaps to find their storytellers. Archfey has an ornately crafted removable eye that has the power of true sight. Ooh. Uh, they can see through this orb at all times. If detached, the eye is destroyed. Oh. If detached, eye is destroyed. It rematerialized, undamaged, in the empty eye socket. I see. So it's always sort of got the eye. That's quite uh, cute. So yeah, perhaps it, it's the one thing it can't quite hide with its invisibility or shifting nature yeah. like that. Is it so it's just one little cat eye that sort of is illuminated. Follows you, especially through the darkness to see that little eye open, that little yeah. like, yellow and it's eye. Like, and being dark. a cat eye, or it could be green. You know, or blue it could be or... reptilian. I mean, we haven't decided what this creature is. I mean, we thought cat initially, but mm. at this point, you could mix it up and have it be sort of any animal you'd want it to be. Uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit. Some archfey have the power to give magical gifts to those who they deem worthy. Um, this also might work, by the way, if you're making an archfey warlock and you need to come up with a, a, a patron, a patron yeah, for them. This is a perfect way to get kind of fun. Quick, even and then it determines your character's mission. You know, yeah. What have they been told to do by the archfey? You know, sure. Uh, so roll me another d8 to see what kind sure of gift thing. they give. A gift they've given. Okay, four. Uh, a magical item. A magical Easy enough. item. Uh, the Archfey bestows a useful magic item, uh, such as a crystal ball or an oath bow, it suggests. That's Ooh. a pretty decent size. An magic. oath bow. I mean, the, Ouch. hardly. All right, perhaps. roll again. Magic items are boring. Everybody gives out magic okay, items. Okay, fair enough. Three. Lore. Well, Lore. for a storyteller. For a storyteller, it kind of makes sense. With a touch, the Archfey magically imparts useful knowledge about a particular subject of the Archfey's choice. The knowledge might be permanent or it might fade over time. And who knows, maybe mm. it might not even be true. I think this could be a fun way of them perhaps sending them on adventures as partaking in a story in their minds or something like that. You know, perhaps a fib, especially if they're tricksters and storytellers themselves. You know, perhaps some of the truth is inflated and maybe they're just visiting this place for a time where Ooh. they head to this wild torn tossed library shaped with all sorts of things while this funny little beast roams around slinks through the shadows keeping an eye on them until greeting them um uh, and if questioning well, too far well let's let's getting let's again angry. let the dice help us a little bit decide what the domain looks like so this is the next sure. part creating the domain of delight mm. um so geographical feature is the first one here okay a small domain of delight might have only one Geological feature. Uh, a large domain can have multiple ones. Anyways, we decide how big we want it. We'll just make it small to begin sure. with. Sure. Seven. Um, this suggests uh, it's a forest of tower-sized mushrooms. Ooh, a mushroom or forest. a forest of tiny mushrooms that characters must shrink down to explore. <laughs> um, and, yeah. I suppose again we there was another suggestion you just had which 
maybe even be better for this. And I, you get a, maybe it builds on what I was talking about with the candle keep idea earlier. Instead of this being a domain that is is like a big outdoor world space, which mm. a lot of the Feywild is, um, it could be much more of a magical library space. Yeah. Almost like a little demi-plane, which I guess the domain of you know delight is you know yeah yeah well i often feel candle keep almost feels like a a, a mini domain yeah. i feel like this like this winding stretching library that heads into grand conservatories filled with all sorts of nightmarish yeah. plants well, and it creatures could, it could be very narnia that way as well like you open up a door to a section or wing of a library and as you move through the stacks you suddenly move into another world mm. Um, it interconnects the stories within that space become, you know, real around you. It can be a really fun, easy setting for, for doing, you know, interconnected one shots that mm. lead towards the goal of this Archfey, you know, wants from you. Yeah. I mean, the gift of knowledge here is perhaps the most, perhaps, oh, I, access to my library, whatever you need. <laughs> uh, domain theme. A domain theme. Okay. As another D eight, yeah, three. Um, it suggests that it's a gloomy library. Well, it uh, could be, I don't know. maybe not. What other ones are there? Just uh, the choices. The ones they give you are adversarial, crystalline, inquisitive, kaleidoscopic, laxadaisical, uh, which is kind of good, right? The creatures here are easygoing. No one is in a hurry, and no task greeted with a oh, sense of urgency. I love that one. Yeah, that one's kind of the one we want for Lackadaisical, that's a good word even. Now, you, you see how random tables work, folks? You roll the dice and then you pick which one you want. Exactly. Well, I mean, we've, we've gone with fairly random, but once the pieces fall into place, yeah, you sometimes tend to you just, and but the, the dice in order. The nice that they do still have a list of things where, again, you kind of look through them and go, okay, that would be a good one for it. It still basically allows you to take building blocks that are pre-made and plop them down without having to, you know, write everything from scratch on a blank piece of paper, which, you know, a lot of DMs don't want to have to do. Like I said, it's a lot more work where this is, this is pretty fast. Yeah. Um, and then the coming and going. How do you get here? Right? Sure. I mean, domains of dread are, once you're in, you're typically stuck. Um, you're not getting back out. But it does seem to, that the domains of delight are a little bit more, you know, yeah, you, you can go. <laughs> We're not going <laughs> to keep you prisoner here. Well, um, perhaps you have been made prisoner. Yeah, although there can be weird things that can happen. With like time, you could you spend, know? it is can be like Narnia, you could spend years and years there, grow up to be an adult, and then poof, pack back, uh, you know, pass back into the material plane and be a kid again. Mm. And only minutes have gone by. And Where you've seen years, you know. Yeah, where you think you've seen years. Of course, that's the whole faith thing is the time moves funnily and perhaps yeah. that is like, oh, you must, I've lost a story. You must recover it for me. I've lost this tale. Venture deep into the woods beyond the, you know, yeah, whatever. Or you go back and everybody you know is 50 years on in their lives mm. and things have changed a great deal. Like people that you knew were young you, are now yeah. old and you can see how it's evolved and, and it can be like, you know, it's a wonderful life type thing where you're like, oh no, I, I don't want to see the world as it was without me in it. It's terrible. Take me back. Take me back. And, you and then make a deal you complete the, the quest. The you do the thing. thing. You do the thing. And then boom, they reverse they bring that. bring it back. And put it in time. And all of those sort of timey-wimey story tales that exist out there that you can draw from in popular culture were great in a space like this. 
Uh, anyways, uh, let's do uh, another D8 for f what kind of fake crossing we have. A two, it says. A two. Well, that suggests a crystal cave, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Does a crystal cave that leads to a library make cave. much sense? What other <laughs> what other options are there? I mean, well, there's stone circles, stone bridges, ruined towers, mushroom circles, uh, mazes, hollow trees, crystal caves, and altars. I mean, I the crystal cave tree. the crystal cave doesn't have to necessarily be um, like a you know Superman's fortress of solitude. Um, it could be. It could be a room in an actual library somewhere that's got a big uh, stained glass window. Could mm -hmm. be the crystals of it. And under the certain gloaming full moon moonlight, when it shines down upon uh, the reading table, that you all join hands around it. And, and leapt into story. Yeah, say the magic word sure. and boom. It's a fun one. What if the idea, I mean, we've come with this animal theme. It's a it's a great tree deep within the woods. And of course, whatever nonsense to try and get the acceptance to the, the tree bark to open up to accept you or whatever it might be. And there's plenty of ways to do that. I mean, we even yeah. explored that in a one shot once with how to let a tree let you into a tree, you know, how that can be quite the fun fake crossing. Yeah, trees, to a, trees as, as magical portals is always a great one. But what if, what if our, I mean, the, the knowledge and the wide eyes that we're thinking, what if this is a, a owl that is quite studious and, and wondrous of all these stories of, of things from distant lands and that their eye can see, but they wish to visit. And so they create it within their domain of delight to explore, but... It's never quite what they imagine. They end up losing it, tearing apart pieces of the library, um, only to fall into sadness and rec recruit those to fix lost stories so it can relive them once again. Well, you never know what kind of drama is going on. In fact, hey, there's a table for that. Is there a drama at the moment? Yeah, Ooh, roll a d8 for okay, us. Let's find okay. a drama's going on. One... Uh, a cherished object or favorite pet belonging to the domain's archfey ruler has gone ah, missing. That's right itself. Didn't I not mention this? <laughs> that it perhaps a, a fairy, fi, a, love, a loved, favored, cherished story by this archfey has gone missing deep within the library. Somebody, the somebody. Find it. Yeah, okay, this is it. Librarians hate when you reshelf books in the wrong place because mm -hmm. that book is really then almost impossible to find. Um, don't reshelve books, folks. Let the librarians put them back in the right place. Um, or somebody has taken the book without properly signing it out. Ooh. And that's essentially theft right there. That's just... Yeah. And that is a great fake curse. And don't think that they can't scry on that book and find you. Mm. And send the party after you. And perhaps it's then they are sent, the, the kidnappers jumped between legends, hopping within the stories and well, the there player is, parties there now. Is a there is shortcut routines inside the domains. Oh, Roll a D8. Right. Well, and I was going to mention that perhaps um, the party is to traverse through these ancient story tales and take sure. part in them, reshaping them um, as they search for this bandit of this artifact loved by the Archfey. Sure. Uh, two on our... Uh, apparently there is a corner of the library where if you pull out one of your musical instruments and play Ode to the Summer Queen, uh, while skipping counterclockwise, uh, it will 
Banff View oh. to wherever it is that DM wants the story to go. Mm, perhaps a secret grove of a, a lost bard who would regale, and you you almost go more of um what was the what was that ancient um, poet in like Greek legend? Um, was it Homer? It Homer? Oh, it wasn't. It was a Greek. It was it was like the one who went into Hades to return oh. their lover? Okay, <laughs> a, 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 a fabled you, you one. Yeah, yeah. You, you deceased. I can't quite remember the name. They right. all got funny names, but something like that, where they're uh, a legendary bard, poet, storyteller, singer. You know, that's had their own little section, perhaps carved out um, in their honor um, by the patron, who has a little secret grove where they go back to recall the memories of the songs given by this um this ancient bard that's a cute detail so uh like the domains of dread where magic spells and effects mm. are often changed so is it in the fey wild you will come across strange and unusual magical effects within the fey wild um these effects occur whenever the dm pleases uh at the time each description suggests are under one or more of the following circumstances. Soon after the party first enters the region, when a creature loses more than half its hit points, when a creature casts a spell of first level or higher, uh, when a creature activates a magic item, uh, whenever a creature makes exceptionally loud noise. Oh, that's great for a library. Um, and then you roll for the weird magical effect. Give me a d8. Okay, okay. One. Too large of noise, and suddenly, time visibly moves more quickly outside the region than inside it. Uh, roll again. Roll again. I mean, it's it's okay, but four. Uh, each creature who spends one hour. Okay, so this is again maybe once. This is something maybe less like if you made a noise, but each creature who spends one hour in the region undergoes a magical transformation of some sort, perhaps gaining fur, tail, larger ears, something like that. I wonder if the wild side of our patron could come out if someone continues to pester and bother. Well, well yeah, maybe you'll start looking like the. Cheshire cat, you all start gaining stripes or little tails or little whiskers. Oh, I, or... I was thinking it could be a be this owl, which is often like the studious, mm. takes care of the library, um, flying around its many large columns and halls. Sure. There's a whole list um, of potential CR values of uh, Feywild creatures as well, um, which is really awesome actually, because sometimes looking at what what's going to be a Feywild animal, they've got you know everything from awakened shrubs cat deer eagle frog fox lizards and you know octopus and what do you think Sierra of a giant Zero. owl it's fun taking care of the library um, large owl-like eyes that are scrying and prying or you know cr one eighth creature equals displacer beast kittens <laughs> which are also new to uh which light i believe i i didn't see it I in think. the monster listings it's got ww Maybe beside it. it isn't that does it while beyond the witch light Maybe is that I what WW that. stands I'm for? Creatures. I know Displacer Beast Kittens came out somewhere recently. I saw I referenced them online hmm. as well. Let me see. Displacer Beast. Perhaps um, they just missed it. Briganox. Briganox were your thing that you were talking threat. about earlier. Oh, there is one. Huh. Well, that's weird. Why isn't that not in the... In, that's strange that it's not in the monster listings. That's, oh, really it's quite cute. Kitten. Oh, look at it. Yeah got six legs um, but yeah there's all sorts of great stuff uh sort of in this extra bit of you know who you might find in the you know domain as well as other visitors you could stumble across you know a ranger you know who's uh you know plane walker or something or maybe a druid who's searching mm. for something or 
you know, in the case of the stories and things, perhaps there's a mage who is here to collect a story to trade to get into Candlekeep. Who knows? Um, you could even come across, it says, a Githarazi Zerth, studying the chaotic energy of the Feywild. <laughs> a fun one could be, like, um, if you make a large noise or disturbance, people go, shh, <laughs> and you are <laughs> suddenly unable to speak. For... Until for is, perhaps you know, a long time for the next you know one minute which could if you're a spellcaster suck <laughs> anyways so there's there's a really quick uh build for mm. you know a campaign setting essentially using you know that and the idea of like candle keep and every story in there interlinked together that's fun um would not be hard uh, i think as a dm to come up with a bunch of ideas that you could run players through for you know, weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. Lots of entertaining stuff of there. Interconnecting I stuff. Love, so a part of me is quite attached to the idea of a domain of delight over a domain of dread. I mean, a domain of dread can be quite compelling as a story. It's but more it's serious, of, right? It's true. It's, but, you know, because mm -hmm. it's gothic horror or whatever horror that you're true, trying to do. Horror modes. And, and you can really do folk horror with Faye. You can, I guess. There's, there is like, there's always something a little gruesome about like, like mm. the grim fairy tales, the... Especially when you start getting to witches in the woods and, you know, Hansels and Gretels and children being baked into pies and big wolves that eat grandmas and mm. things like that. There's definitely, uh, there's definitely some fairy tales out there that don't end well for, and they often involve wolves. True. We don't have mentioned much in the Feywild, but I think, you know, you definitely could throw, if you wanted a villain creature in here, something. A wolf of yeah, some kind. Or maybe build it off of a big werewolfy type thing. Take something. Sure. Uh, borrow just a little bit again from one of the other books Take something perhaps from the, Van Richten's. Yeah, the loop guru. Um, and that perhaps and the Feywild curse is lycanthropy. Maybe, you know. Uh, and, you know, there are other things end up in the Fey that shouldn't be in the Fey. And maybe one of your jobs here is to help out the locals get rid of the big bad wolf. Mm. Who has taken it over as their Yeah, because bullywogs certainly aren't going to do it. And perhaps the delight is they gain joy from scaring the local village people and in, in a very mischievous, not lethal way, as in going through the town and slaughtering everyone for them to be reborn next day. But just huffing and puffing and blowing their houses just down. Just blowing their houses down and huffing and puffing <laughs> and giving them a big fright. You and know? every day, and, like, they, well, the problem is it's the psychological damage. Like, these poor people are just, like, so, like... But it's, 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 it's all that they cartoony... Think, yeah, but they almost think, though, from their perspective, that this is the Shadowfell that they're this in This is now. the main of they're in a domain of dread you know but there's really no violence and you as an outsider especially if you're a slightly higher level party you're like what <laughs> <laughs> but it perhaps turns to be quite the challenge facing this yeah. psychological threat which is perhaps far more menacing in some ways yeah. than that of being um under the fear of death yeah uh, you know instead of it just being a physical stuff um so anyways i hope you've enjoyed our super episode on domains of dread i know this has gone long um, but we're so excited about having this sort fun of stuff. about this. Um, I love the Fae now. It's it's rekindled my love. I I must do something with it. Yeah, I think we. Soon. I think what they've brought out this uh, with these releases are fantastic yeah. and definitely worth looking into. And and again, just using your masterful sort of DM skills to to tie all of this together with all of the other great stuff that's uh, been coming out as well. All right, folks. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Keep it whimsical. Keep it Fae. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.